do that all the time. Okay. Would you like if I was this person who went, all right, but then also was this person? Really? Anytime something didn't make any sense. <laughs> like us driving, talking normally, and then suddenly someone cuts me off. Like, yeah, I had a weird... Oh, re- really? You're just going to cut me off like that? Really? Would you, like, hate That's me? Pam. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> oh, my God, I'll wait. be making something, and Pam will go... Pam will go, you're... you're the, the the oven's on too high and I'll go Pam no it's not she'll go okay <laughs> and then like then smash the cut to a half an hour later with <laughs> yeah smash cut to a half an hour later when there's like slight burnings on the edge of our dinner and she's like really really Jack <laughs> wait Pam and me are the same person which is weird we've never been in the yeah. same room coincidence no <laughs> Weenie. that's not a coincidence Weenie. Right. um wait how no, was the honeymoon quick update uh it was sexual mm-hmm. um cabo as you might say it was actually cancun <laughs> but no it was very uh yeah really it was very uh it was very uh how can i say this oh uh like gringo-fied Ooh, wow. Tell me more. A lot of whiteies? Well, you know, I mean, it's like you're in Mexico, but for, like, dinner they have, uh, you know, they have, like, a what, cracker barrel? Like, ham and cheese omelets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you're in Mexico, so, but for dinner you have Chris Daughtry playing guitar, <laughs> playing Spanish guitar. Yeah. Exactly, yes. Chris Daughtry, that's exactly the demographic that was at this place. Really? Chris, uh, the, the Daughtry, yeah. Daughtry heads? Yeah, I think so. Nice. I saw a couple dot heads. Dot heads. Around. Very nice. Yeah, that's what they're called. Chris mm. Daughtry, Chris Daughtry. That's to the beat right. of good morning, good morning. I figured that mm. out. Yeah, so it wasn't uh, so fun. But no, uh, yeah, we had a lot, I mean... You know, all all inclusive, all you could drink, all you could eat. So I was happy. Oh hell yeah! It was fucking really nice weather down there. Oh, so so good. good. Did you guys fight? Yeah. And about what? Uh, (laughs) Did we fight? Uh, Yes. Did you? I don't know. Not really. Hmm, Really. We might have had one argument. Yeah, we might have had one argument over the course of a week. Uh, Pam called me. Pam told me I looked like a lobster, and I got emotional. Wait, no, did that really happen? Wait, what? You know, I had a couple, I had a couple margaritas and I was... Flirt alert. A, a lot of sun that day. Okay. And, uh... Tired, you know, spent. I was tired. Yeah. Yeah, spent. Just, just wanted to, just wanted to, you know, take it easy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Pam's throwing, uh, throwing uh, lobster insults at me and I couldn't take it. And you cried? No, I didn't cry. But you hit her. No, I'm kidding. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what did you say? I said hit her. I couldn't tell where the story was going. Huh. Okay, so you're making light of uh, domestic violence. Oh, so you admit that there was domestic violence on the trip. I'd like you to know that this is no, being never... recorded. <laughs> this entire podcast no, is just no my domestic... attempt to have material to sue you. That's all this is. <laughs> That's why every episode I keep asking you about your taxes, if you listen really closely. Yeah. Did you file? Um, anyway, ha- so... <laughs> <laughs> Do you write fake shit off? No, I'm <laughs> happy to confirm... 
I'm happy to confirm there was no domestic violence on the trip to Mexico. Wait, so it was a good time. That's how you know it's fun. Yeah, we had a great time. I love it. And But you understand that when I say domestic violence, like, I assume it would be Pam hitting you. Like, that's the mm. really, that's really mm. what I see happening. I see you yeah, coming I mean, with a bruise. She... And me being like, Jack, are you okay? And you're right. like, yeah, I just fell. I just fell. It's okay. And you put on, like, big sunglasses and, like, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, even if Pam did try to swing and hit me, her arms are essentially spaghetti strings, so. <laughs> She's Stretch Armstrong. She would just, like, wrap around you like a jellyfish yeah. until you pass out. <laughs> For those of you who have never seen Pam, she resembles olive oil from the Popeye cartoon. <laughs> Wait, 100% accurate. Best way I can describe her physically. Wait, you guys should, that is such a good couple's costume. Have you ever done Popeye and olive oil? No, that's not our scene. What? You are wasting a perfectly good costume. You have to do Popeye and olive oil. No, I think I rather would not do it just to frustrate Halloween freaks like you. (laughs) This is so irritating. This is such a good costume, and you're just going to let it go to waste? Yeah, and maybe I'll I'll, talk about doing it, but then last time I'll be like, nah, no. Me like showing up in like whatever stupid costume I have in October with like a red face, like come the fuck on, with like rollers in my hair, <laughs> being some other like woman. I'm always a woman from a horror movie. That's like my new thing. Right. <laughs> a moment. Yeah. Mm. Um, so anyway, so that was the recap of the of the honeymoon. But we, welcome to what is this episode? Is this sixty eight or sixty nine? Oh my god, I think it's sixty eight. If it was sixty nine, you know yeah, we would be right. like shooting confetti everywhere yeah what is what we never know what we never know what episode it is it's getting really hard just a little little quick little google search can uh i think it's 60 i think it's 67 actually or no 68 sorry it's 68 i'm pretty sure i'm gonna Uh. confirm with our fans yes it is episode 68 episode 68 this is um yes episode 68 of the good friends podcast thanks for listening um this is not the last episode of the year, but we are going to be doing a sort of recap of 2016 in this week's episode. It might be a little premature. I don't know. Is it silly that we're doing it this early? I think it's time. Because next week is going to be a Christmas too, episode. Dude. It's a Christmas episode. Yeah. Next week, Christmas episode. 69 Christmas episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> 69 um, Christmas. It can be two candy canes hooking up. <laughs> yeah, dude. Front Hell, yeah. Tip to, tip to butt. Hell yeah. But to but that's what 69 is. Um, so we have a lot of really fun things to get through because, Jack, what did you think of this year? <laughs> what were your thoughts on 2016? Uh, it was like a chill I mean, year. <laughs> no, this year kind of blue. Oh, didn't see that Just coming. like. Yeah. Mm. I mean, do you think this year was chill? Yeah, I'd say, like, not much happened. It's just one of those years where, like, everything's really steady and, like, um, I don't know. It just felt very uneventful. Would you agree or disagree? Huh. Or am I missing, um, am I missing some key events? Um, oh, wait. We, yeah. It's actually one of the worst <laughs> years. We. Like, are you uh, really serious right now? Wait, I, I sound like a motorcycle revving. Like, really? <laughs> you do. You do sound like a motorcycle revving. That's my aesthetic, I would say. What's the... How 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 many reallys do you think you're going to get out of your system uh, <laughs> during the rest of this recording? Um, 
You know what? With me, I would say always aim high because the number is usually stratospheric. It's, you know, I never get out of my system in the amount that you want, which is like four, something rational, you know? Right, right. Um, So I am sorry to our listeners if they have to endure a lot of realies, but hopefully, you know, the more I get it out in this episode, the less you'll have to worry about it in the next episode. It's just sort of like, you know, these things come and go. Um, it is what it is. Okay. So thank you guys. Thank you. All so right. Much. I hope. I mean, okay. one, one friggin' hopes. <laughs> na, 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 na. Well, I mean, so 2016, how can you, what can you say? It was horrible. It made me sad. Lots of people died that I care about. Um, many horrific things happened, uh, to the general public, um, including a, an election result that maybe wasn't the, the one that none of any of us wanted. Mm-hmm. Rod, I mean, a lot. I mean, a lot of people wanted it, which is its own devastating event. The realization that people were okay with this, but the majority of the voters wanted the other candidate. Sure, I think that's sure. Yes, this yes, right. the popular versus the the semantics of the of the vote leave a lot leave a little bit of hope, but the reality of it is that you know. People chose this fate. But yes, no, of course, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, I shall not be jaded by an antiquated system. Which is another reason why it's been such a horrible year, right? What? What is? What is that? That most of the people fucking voted for Hillary. Yes, it's it's a year where I think, I I would say this was a year of real helplessness, (laughs) where... It just felt like trying to like hold water or something where it just felt like, oh, this is just things are just happening and they are going to keep happening. And I can it I feel helpless. I feel completely helpless. Um, would you say 2016 was the year of we? <laughs> yeah, I would quite literally call 2016 the year of like week after Week. I mean, this is not something to make light of. It's actually like, devastating. I don't think we're going to be talking about it on this week's episode because I can't even put into words like what it was making me feel. But what was happening in Aleppo this week in Syria, the literal oh. genocide, just being so close to the new year and having a literal genocide take place in real time was the definition of, oh, really? Like, you snuck another one in? Brutal. This was really yeah. the year of really. 2016. Mm. So sad. Uh, very sad. And, uh, you know, prayers go out to the people in Aleppo. Ugh, prayers go out to the people in Aleppo and, like, just, like, the... Oh, my God. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get too into it, but, like, you, you know... Okay, so, okay, actually, I do. I will say that around this time of year... I feel like New Year's, we think of it sort of as this thing that is, like, it's it feels, like, really sort of passive. It's just, like, you know, the passing of another year culturally or in our lives. But when you, like, really, like, zoom out and just think of, like, every year as being another contribution to, like, the history book of the human race and, like, you know, the people that participate in the good and the bad of that year are in a sense, like, the architects of our history, right? Like, these are the people that put forth events um, that will feel the ramifications of for years to come or that we'll look back on in the future. You know, like, they're contributing essentially to our history. And, like, to those people, like, to the people, you know, that 
you know, to like to Assad's regime, for instance, like the people that are participating in a literal genocide, I just kind of like scratch my chin and I'm like, this is the lane that you've chosen in human history. Like this is the space that you've chosen to occupy and like the person to be. I don't know it, that that is the thing that always strikes me at the end of these years where like I really think of like who are like the main characters in this story and how can like some of these people like sleep at night like how can they just allow their own narratives to be defined by such cruelty and evil like I can't understand it like how can how can your ego as a human not want to make you be the best version of yourself just so that people will look back and not think of you, you as a monster do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just it it boggles the mind. Like it boggles the literal mind. Like you done chose this lane for yourself. Like shameless and like disgusting. It's so sad. It makes me sad. Everyone makes me sad. Really. Well, tough tone to uh to start away with. from. Yeah, but you know, but we have yeah. to. We have to. We have you we have to be Chilean miners and work through the rubble and find a little bit of light, which we're going to with our first huh? three best ofs. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hope. Hope. It's there. It's somewhere. A canary. Yeah. In a what is it? Canary. What are the, a, yeah, what are the choice do we have but to continue? Yes. But to continue, but to carry on, to literally find a way to carry on, to quote um, Samuel Beckett, a playwright who, um, who I'm really not like waiting that. Waiting for fam- Godot. Yeah, waiting for Godot. I've seen, like, I've read like maybe two plays of his, um, but he has this, he has a line from one of his plays, um, and it's just, it's like a, it's a line of dialogue, and it's just, um, you must go on, I can't go on, I'll go on. That's it. It's like just those words. And it's like, ain't it the truth, right. Beckett? Ain't it the truth? Like, I can't, I have to, I will. Like, so brutal, but so real. Hmm. Oh, well. Oh, well. What a life. Okay, well, to start us off, Rod. Yes. Do you want to share with us your song of the year? Okay, how dare you follow up violence with more violence? Okay, my song of the year, because I find it so hard to choose, I have to resort to looking at my Spotify's, like, year-end, you know, playlist, essentially telling me what I listen to, and this list is something. Like, I don't know what I was going through the last few months, but, like, Ride by Sierra is very high on this list, and that song is not new. (laughs) So this is a kind of playlist that Spotify, like, puts together based on what you listened to this year? Yes, it puts together your top songs um, just using, yeah, just, like, really basic algorithm. It creates creates about, like, seven hours worth of music out of the music that you listen to the most. Um, They, like, they, they, um... They categorize, like, everything throughout your year, like, songs, like, your top three artists and your, like, top, like, 50 songs. It's really great. It's, like, one of the best things about Spotify. Their algorithm is actually... I mean, this isn't a great example of the genius of their algorithm because all it is is really, like, accumulating play counts and telling you what you listen to the most, which, again, Ride by Sierra. Explain to me how. Um, but it's really great. You should you should get, you should should be on the Spotify train. They're... Um, their algorithm Spotify. is oh you do do you listen to your discover weekly uh every once in a while oh my god it's the best they all it's always the best i'm like y'all are like they're so quick to know like when i'm feeling a certain type of vibe within the next week or two like it's immediately like 
been accounted for. And there's like music I love. But my number one most played song, number two is Sierra Ride, I should say. It's just the most baffling, so I bumped it. But my number one most played song is this song from the 80s called It Takes a Muscle to Fall in Love by Spectral Display. Um, so I guess that's my it song. It takes a muscle <laughs> to fall wait, in love. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> eh, we're listening to this. Wait, let's, it takes let's a muscle it. to Spectral Display. Yeah, can we, can we, inter- can we edit in a clip? A clip of it? How about this? There it is. <laughs> we have to wait till the this chorus. This is what you listen to most? The most. When everybody leaves you okay. Sierra, like, yeah. Times that's like on brand for you, I'd say. Like, this is coming from a guy who watches like E reruns on YouTube. Um, okay, you know, I'm going to choose this really side. But this song is also from 2010. This is also a six year old song. I thought it was like literally way older than that. I thought it was like from like the 90s. Just because it sounds so strange. I'll take it. But also, why? Why? <laughs> wait, just wait for this chorus though, which we should edit in, please, for our listeners. Okay. A moment. So, according to this, according to Spotify, this song has. 500,000 plays. How many of those are yours? Um, 436,000 of them were, were mine. <laughs> so allow that to really settle. So that's my number one most played right. song. It takes a muscle. Second is Ride by Sierra. Third is Pillow Talk by Zane. A choice. Like, don't Zane really Malik. know. Is by Zane Malik. Um, fourth is Benny and Lil Z by Drew Howard and Birthday Boy. And my fifth most played song is "The Season Carry Me" by Anderson Park. Interesting. This is a pretty. It's a pretty interesting, ah. interesting list. Um, right. All right, I'll take it. I really just Sierra really snuck her way in there because I because she did. I I actually she really did. I started listening to that song again because I really love it. I think it's like it's so good. It's such a thick like thick instrumental. Um, I started listening to it again in like October. Um, or like, yeah, like early October. So the fact that I listened to it enough between October and now for it to be the second most listened to song of the year is scary to me. That means I listened to it like okay. more times combined than Zane and or than Pillow Talk. That song came out in like January. <laughs> like, hmm. Yikes. A choice. It really lets you know your truth. Um. So yeah, I guess those are my favorite songs of the year. Like two of them came out this year. What about you? What is your song of 2016? Okay, so here are the songs that I've been listening to a lot lately. Tell a father. Uh, the song Two On by Tina She. Mm, really been t- listening to that. Tina She. Really? <laughs> Tina Tina She. No, it's Tina She. No, it's Tina She. Like Tina She is <laughs> literally sounds like me talking to you through a pinhole. <laughs> That's why, that's why I've been listening to it. Now I'm not going to listen to it. Like, no, 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 it's Tina Shea. Delete. Yeah, I know. Jesus. It's really, it's annoying. Uh, let's see. I've been listening to Pitbull. A whole lot of Pitbull. Okay, a choice. <laughs> Respect. And, uh, uh, oh, this, uh, this song Catch and Release by hmm. Matt Simons. Okay. You ever heard of this? You ever heard of this song? I have you know not heard of this song. You know the song. You know this song. Just, just here. Listen to it. 
place I go to. You heard the song. Oh, I have heard the song. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not long. Wait, can I quickly tell you my, my least favorite song of the year? Which this reminded me of, even though I like the song. Um, that song that's like, um, oh my god, what is it called? Um, what is it? Oh, Seven Years. Do you know that song? Seven Years. And it's like, um, once I was seven years old, I did this uh, thing. I Dude, I hate that song. I hate that song. I literally want to, like, take that song's, like, neck in between my hand and just twist. Fred. It's grotesque. I listened to that in the car the other day, and I, I had a very violent reaction to it. It's so annoying. It's the worst song of the year. Can we say that? That song is the worst song of the year. Seven Years by whoever that is. I don't even know who that is. I don't know who it is either. I swear it's called Seven Years, and the band is called, like, Seven Years. Like, I swear it's just a song that, like, self-manifested. It feels like it's self-pollinated. Once I'm sure if I can't... Oh, like, I, I hate it. Yeah. And it was nominated uh, for a Grammy, yes. Ugh, well, that's not surprising. And a choice. Grammys are garbage. All of those awards season show like, the, the awards are just garbage. You know that. You know that better than anybody. The awards are garbage. You just have, unless you're willing to lean into their train of thought, and even then, they'll find a way to, like, make no sense of anything. Um, a choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are some interesting songs. So yours is Two On by Tina J. Mine is Ride by Sierra. Like, okay. I refuse to call her Tina Shay. She's <laughs> Tina She. She'll always be Tina She to me. Mm, I love that. Okay. Songs of the Year. All right. So what is your movie of the year, Jack? I know you don't see a ton of movies, but what did you see this really year that, that really struck out to you, stuck out to you? I think to me, my movie of the year goes to Deadpool not only because it was an entertaining film but I think it was inspiring how well it did given that it was an independent release. Mm. I don't um, think it was a, I don't think it was an independent release. I think it was surprising because it was a what? R-rated release and it was like mainstream. What? Let me yeah. see. God is this, damn it. it is this Tina she <laughs> like all over again? Yes, this is another reason why 2016 is horrible. Because <laughs> it's like a 20th century Fox release, I'm pretty sure. Oh my fucking god! It's not. It's not like a. It's not like a. Well, like a Lionsgate production, like Miramax. Fox Searchlight or some bullshit. <laughs> no, it's not a Fox Searchlight production. Well, unfortunately. Anyway, so maybe it's not as cool as I thought, but it was an entertaining film, and usually I don't really like superhero movies that much, mm-hmm. and I was kind of goaded into seeing it. And it was the least disappointing thing about 2016. Mm, nice. It's also now a go- it's a Golden Globe nominee for um, Best Motion be. Picture it's very Comedy. Entertaining. <gasps> Should I see yeah. it? You've never seen it? I haven't seen it. I actually have not seen it. Is it good, it's, really? Oh my God. It's actually good. Should I rent it today and literally force everyone in my family to watch it? I am home in California, P.S. Isn't it on Netflix? Oh, is it? Um, I'll be friggin' watching it. Okay, that's a good one. Um, also a very um, appropriate movie for the year, just because I feel like it slightly subverts like something that we're very used to and makes it just like violent and crass. And nothing speaks more to this year than than that subtle shift. I feel like than crass violence. Yeah, I mean, just taking like the taking something that on the level of optics is familiar, and then turning it on its head by making it like grotesquely violent and like R-rated. Like that's what this year felt like on 
you know, examination, it doesn't look that different. And then a little more up close, it's like, woo-cha. Um, so that's a good one. My movie of the year, so it's sort of a tie. Um, these two are, like, my top two favorite movies of the year, and they sort of vacillate. Um, the first one, so for the longest time... Okay, so my number one movie of the year is Moonlight, this, like, amazing um, movie that has come out, like, the last couple of months, directed by Barry Jenkins. It tells the story of this, like, queer black kid at, like, three different stages in his life. And it's just, like, the most, like, effortlessly beautiful movie I've seen. It's, like, not tragic. It's just, like, you know, it's sad, but it's also, like, really beautiful and really, you know, has moments of, like, total levity. It's really good. Have you heard of it? You must have heard of Moonlight by now. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, Yeah. so I I just think it's, like, one of the best movies. Uh, It's the best movie of the year, and it is, like, so tender and brave and great. But until this movie came out, my number one movie had been for months now, um... OJ Made in America, that, like, eight-hour ESPN documentary, which technically uh, is a movie because wow. it was released in, like, certain theaters. Um, that was, like, my favorite thing that I watched this year. And we talked about it on the podcast. That was, I think, the best... One of, like, I thought I really would call that documentary, like, a masterpiece. There's just... It was so... It left no stone unturned. And just now feels really important in some way, especially now. Um, just not even just on the level of, like... Well, I mean, just on every level, you know about sort of this country's really complicated relationship with, like, race and class and celebrity. Like, those three things I feel like are informing, like, everything about how I'm looking at American culture. And I think that the fact that that documentary touches on all of those and then is also about, you know, tragedy and, like, grief and sort of just, like, what... How do we grieve in public and, like, how people's perception of our grieving, like, affect the way who we are and who we become? I don't know. I just think that that documentary is amazing. It's hard to recommend, though, because you basically have to ask someone to, like, dedicate eight hours. Like, it's really a commitment. Like, Moonlight is about, like, two hours, and it's really... I don't know. I mean, I think that that... I think that plays a role, and that's also something that plays a role during award season. Like, long movies... It's a bit of, like, an uphill... Like, the type of movie that wins sometimes is just, like, also a movie that... Um, critics can like watch or not critics academy voters can right. watch um and watch on tv and have it be effective so right yeah but yeah so oj made in america and moonlight are oh. um tied for my favorite movies of the year can i ask you a question Ye. so you're such a big fan do you know who directed oj made in america um ezra i can't i forget his last name ezra something like i always want to say ezra klein but that's not it that's the vox dude um what yeah. is it ezra cohen ezra cohen i always i always forget as what is it who is it ezra tina she ezra tina she ezra like edelman ezra edelweiss hold on yes! should, I look it up? should i look it up you got it right which one ezra which ezra, one ezra edelman Oh, Ezra Edelman? I said Edelman, but, like, I'll take it. I kn- it's, it's, there's ten different Ezra's always circulating, and I know they're all real people. I just don't know which one did it. <laughs> which one did it? Wait, so it was Ezra Edelman. Okay, great. Yeah. So, Ezra Edelman, my favorite filmmaker, <laughs> is the director. Um, so good. I just wanted to call you out for, for, for... Yeah. Fair, so I please. Wanted do- you, I, I wanted to put some egg on your face. Yeah, put a little egg on my face because honestly, when there's sports involved, there's just a slight wall that builds. Even when I love something, like right. every detail of threatened. it can't stick just because there's sports involved. It's really just like yeah. some Teflon element that enters my brain. Plus, when you and I talk about sports, I feel threatened that you're gonna 
impede on my on my realm of expertise. Mm. Right. So the fact that I'm like dipping my toe into anything ESPN related is like a, it's a turf war. Right. This is a slight turf. War. I know. I mean, out of the two of us, I I would say you chose a more me movie, and I maybe chose a more you movie in some ways. True. Very true. Um. So okay, what Jack? It, when we're talking about the superior medium, w- you know, we're talking about TV. TV is the thing that is running yes. the conversation right now. It is everyone's homework, self like self assigned homework to constantly be catching up on TV. Um, I like movies more still, but TV is certainly more important. So, what is your TV show of twenty sixteen? Well, look, I didn't really get a chance to get into Westworld that much. I know everyone's freaking out about it. Have you seen it? I have seen it. You know, I like it. I'm I'm on I'm four episodes in. I find the show a little um it's a little dense. Not in any and not in it's a way that's gratifying. First four it, episodes are like I tried watching them. After episode three, I quickly stopped paying attention because it's just too much. There's uh, there is too much and I yeah, I can't tell what my problem with the show is precisely because I actually really I like enjoy the world and I enjoy um, how expensive right. it looks. Like, I like everything about it on paper, but there is just something about it that doesn't quite grab me. I think it's that it feels too decentralized in terms of, like, a main character. I don't know who I'm supposed to really hmm. latch onto, and everyone's performance just feels a little... I don't know. Everyone just feels like they're, like, about to, like, tell you a secret. Every every scene feels like someone is just, like, yeah. about... And it's just kind of, like, I can't I can't hold on to the show. Or the show can't hold on to me. I don't know. But people love it. It was, like... And I'm surprised that people... Like, the finale really took hold of Twitter. And I was surprised by that. Because I kind of felt like this was a show that everybody was, like, thinking everyone else was watching. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? But it turns yeah. out people were really watching it. I was like, oh, okay. People actually watch it, yeah. But, yeah, people so Westworld is but not, no, is my, not the, mine no, either. That's, 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 that show's trash, uh, basically. Fair. what I was trying to get at. Go for it. Uh, my my favorite show this year was Game of Thrones. I mean, I, I oh, of, really of course. You could <laughs> pick outside of that. We learned that Jon Snow's parentage uh, is uh, mm. Lyanna Stark and um, uh, Rhaegar Targaryen and... Um, so that's been confirmed. All right. We we got Hodor's backstory, so I don't know what oh. else you would want. And I think that if you were to pick anything other than this TV show, that mm. um, it's a it's a personal attack. So okay, wow. Well, okay. So thank you to our television correspondent Rain Man for that um, <laughs> quick analysis of the season of Game of Thrones, um, which I managed to for the fifth year in a row not watch. Thank you very much. Um, very excited about I'm that. I'm glad that you don't watch it. <laughs> Trust me, I'm glad too. Like, yeah. I literally <laughs> am thrilled. <laughs> Every morning I wake up just like, ah, another day not watching Game of Thrones, and I feel refreshed. I feel good. <laughs> Feels like having a glass of water when you're drunk before going to bed. Like, I feel good when yeah. I shouldn't. Um, but sure. that is, that would be your show. I'm not surprised. So my... Number one show of the of the season of this TV season. I actually didn't even watch while it was on. Um, I sort of like caught up with once it was over. But it's Atlanta, which is just like literally one of like the best things I've seen on TV. It's just so 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 good. Um, it's so well shot. 
Hiro Murai is like the um, the director of I think almost almost every episode so far like every episode um, that I remember off the top of my head like he directed I think he directed the entire season he's a really great um, I knew him from like some music videos that he directed um, including the Chum video for Earl Sweatshirt and a, and a few of um, Childish Gambino's like music videos from his from one of his mixtapes from like the Kawaii mixtape but. The show is just so, like, you know, it's really in that canon of sort of these, um, um, I don't even know what you would call it, like, um, I don't like the alt, I don't like the phrase alt comedy, I think it's, like, so annoying, but, like, you know, there is this sort of, like, you know, th- sort of, like, meandering comedy, the sort of, like, post-Louis type of shows where, like, these people that we know are comedians just sort of exist in a world that they create, and the pace of the world is a little slower and more absurd and... Like, there's this amazing, 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 like, literally, like, B story in one of the episodes where, um, that features Justin Bieber, but Justin Bieber is just played by this black, black kid. Yeah, black Justin Bieber. Yeah. But it's, but he's Justin Bieber, and, like, in the, in the containment of the world, it makes, not only does it make sense because there's absurdity in this world, but it's also, it, like, makes sense in our world because Justin Bieber thinks he's black or, like, has these, like, right. black mannerisms that are so annoying. And so it's just, like, I, I just think that the show is just so smart in the way that it's, like, absurd and, like, ridiculous, but only in that it makes real elements of the world that we sort of, like, just accept at face value, like, the performances of, like, our day-to-day life. It's just so good. It's also, like, beautiful. Like, it's just so beautifully shot. Like, Kira Mariah has such a great eye, but... Um, I don't know. Have you seen it? It's so good. I've seen it. You're not obsessed. You're not obsessed in the same way. Well, I mean, it's no, it's no Atlanta, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, was there the Battle of the Bastards in Atlanta? Um, uh, that's the finale, but um, I don't want to spoil it for everyone. But that is how it. No, I mean, I actually. saw it. I thought I, I thought the first uh, couple episodes were, but I thought it kind of tailed off at the end of the season. Personally, interesting. But, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. You know that episode where it's just them on the public access? Show? Yes, yes, I love that one. I wasn't really about that. <laughs> okay, like that wait. Okay, but like, quick side note, like, like Z- like Zazie Beats, Zazie Beats, who plays Van, like the mother of Donald Glover's child on the show, is like the yeah. most beautiful face. Like, I can't. I like could not stop staring at her. I just think she's so gorgeous. Well, I mean, she is on TV. I know, but, like, yeah, of course. But there's just, like, I just, like, she's so beautiful. Like, just everything about her was just so beautiful. I was just, like, pausing it at times. I, like, followed her on Instagram and just, like, was, like, staring at every photo. I was like, do you have a crush? Like, what's going on? Like, Yeah, what's your deal? Are you, like, what? Like, what's going on? Am I switching teams? Like, what's happening? Like, I'm nervous. I felt, like, I, I felt tingles. But... She's so good. But yeah, that's that is my favorite show of the year just cuz it feels like so it feels like important without being important. You know what I mean? Like it just feels feels like really good. But the other show that I really like that I binged literally over the course of like 3 days a week ago is Search Party on TBS, which everyone should watch. I forget if I mentioned it in the in the prior. Yeah. I did, right? You okay. Mean, yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, you did. Everyone should listen should watch it. It's really 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 good. It's really quick to get through. It's like 10 episodes in like 22 minutes and like it's really addictive. And like every episode has a cliffhanger and it's cool. just it's great. Yeah, I want to watch that one. It's great. I think it's it's really one of my it's like my other favorite show of the year for sure. 100%. Yeah. A couple other ones that I really liked. Obviously, uh, Stranger Things was very good. Um uh oh what the fuck i just had one in my head that i 
I was really excited about talking about, but now I can't remember it. Oh, fuck. God fucking damn it. God damn it. Was it a live stream of me sleeping? Because that is a fan favorite, yes. Hmm. Hmm. Is it no. that? Oh, no, it okay. that. All right, yeah. well. Oh well. Um, well, that actually is a good segue to the next set of things we're going to do, which is slightly more negative. But the first one, most overrated yeah. thing of 2016, really important title, I think. Um, and I want to actually go, and I feel bad saying this, but you mentioned Stranger Things, and I think Stranger Things is one of the most overrated things of 2016. And I liked it, and I still liked it. Uh, <laughs> Just being this honest. Is such a rod take. I can't even like. <laughs> Why? I just I was I'm over I I'm over those kids. Get them out of my face. <laughs> Get them out of my face. If I see that toothless like chub chub one more time, I'm I'm leaving. I'm evacuating. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, but okay, I understand what you're saying. This is this is a reaction to the show, not the show necessarily. This it's a rea- yeah it's a reaction to I mean when something becomes overrated it's always a reaction to the thing surrounding the thing right it's like something can't to be it, you know, yeah you're reacting to the rating of it so like right. I think objectively Stranger Things is fine I do I do think I do wish that the show sort of like leaned in a little bit more to certain things and other things like I always like the sort of um, government paranoia thing a lot more than like a monster like i love surveillance i love like a a small town that like weird vans have entered and it feels like there's just like some insidious yeah that's like the thing i love more than anything so like whenever the i wanted the show to lean in a little bit more in that direction and and instead of focused a lot on like the upside down and stuff like god bless it's okay but that was the thing that i think like made me feel like the show wasn't fully confident in like the things that it I, I feel like I couldn't tell what what the central reference was it ended up being like E.T. but I was kind of hoping for like something else I wanted just like more more paranoia I just love that shit so much so I was I was a little disappointed but I still like the show but the like fevered reaction to it just made it seem suddenly like a li- I was just like okay everyone needs to like chill out a little bit also because i get really frustrated when something that's steeped in nostalgia works this well for people because it's kind of like it's just so it's so like i don't even know like uh oven ready it's so just like prepared to be digested and like beloved you know because it's so recognizable and like cute and i'm just kind of like y'all like i like this too but can we have just like a little bit of like critical distance and talk about like Talk about it as something that is made to also critique. I don't know. I was just like, ugh, everyone's like obsessed. But this overall, is like, it's like it was one of those cute. shows where, yeah, it's one of those shows where you kind of like enjoy it, but then like when the person goes home and like, I don't know, writes like a fan fiction about the about the kids and starts right. like a fan websites. Like, can you just like fucking stop? Right. Right. It's not, exactly. It's not that cool. It's not that cool, and it's also kind of not that original. I mean, I think the thing that is, like, yeah. fun about it is that it's sort of, like, a... It's, like, a pastiche of, like, a lot of different references. So, but I, so I think that the way that people reacted to it was, like, holding it up as this, like, wholly original text that was really exciting, like, a world to inhabit that people really liked. And I was like, well, I think the thing that I enjoyed was that it's actually really, like, superficial and really, like, 
you know, it's not, it's the unoriginality of it was just what made it fun. Like I was able to sort of watch it almost in one go. It felt sort of like candy, but the way that people reacted was as if it was like high art. And that's why it's overrated to me where I was like, okay, people are like not really approaching. I don't, I don't want this to inform what the thing becomes, which is some, you know what I mean? And I also think it's a real mistake to have the second season of this show be a repeat of these same characters. I was like, that is so crazy. Like, I really thought that the whole idea of Stranger Things would be some anthology series that is always sort of like has this sort of VHS 80s like vibe to it, but is always it's a different story. And it's like, oh, y'all just like don't really understand like what this project is. And because and it's because the people love those fucking kids so much. They're obviously going to make this season have them again. And I'm like, you kids, like you ruined this. You <laughs> like, suck. They, you I, suck. Can you just like, can you just like, sh- yeah, shut. God damn it. It's good. <laughs> God damn it, it's a good show. I hate those kids. Also, one of them, like, isn't invited to anything. (laughs) Do you know who I'm talking about? Good. No, who, which kid? Oh, the Will Byers kid? I think so. Is that it? Yeah, the Myers kid. I feel like he's like, it's always like the girl, the kid with, like, teeth missing, and the black kid. And I'm always like, where's the other boy? I never see him. Well, maybe he's got a mom who won't let him. Or maybe he's, like, a diva backstage and a total monster. Or maybe he's secretly 40 years old. And that's creepy. (laughs) And a Milanakis moment? (laughs) Yes. That's a really good theory. I'm definitely going to start spreading that. The kid from Stranger Things is actually 40. Okay. Well, my annoying cultural uh, event of... Most overrated. Most overrated, I'm sorry, uh, is the rise of the social media influence and specifically like the people who make livelihoods just specifically out of out of social media uh shit Ugh, like the you like the youtube kids the bethany moda like right. youtube youtube clan Ugh. like the but it's like kind of the people who were once funny on vine and then kind of like realized when vine started to lose popularity they like jump ship to instagram and now they realize like youtube's really the way to make money right uh, and I, I love YouTube. I go on YouTube all the time. There's certain YouTube people that make original content on YouTube that I love. Uh, I sure. love H3H3 Productions. I think they're great. Uh, I think there's a couple other ones. IDubs TV is pretty funny every once in a while. Uh, but these people like uh, like Amanda Cern- Kearney and Lele Pons and like uh. Clay Thompson's ex-girlfriend, uh, what's her name? Hannah Stocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, King Batch, Logan Paul, these kind of like viney people who now are on YouTube asking me to smash the like button and right. coming out with these ridiculously fake videos and they're just kind of like trolling for, for attention and love. And uh, honestly, like I can't wait for the day that they realize like the funds are, are running dry and they, they, they're going to have to like find a real job. Yeah, I cannot wait until they're working like a blue collar corporate job at like, I don't even know, like uh what is it like a Hertz auto dealership? Like I just want to see Lele Pons like give me a rental car and never open her damn mouth. I mean, like <laughs> also the other thing is like so many of these Vine people. Which also I want to say, um, the end of Vine was like is one of the things I'm like very actually sad about. I was really upset about true, that news. True, um, true. but like a lot of these people were making like videos off app and putting them on vine and i was always thought that that was like yeah. cheating and i was like go to youtube like this isn't the platform and i think that anybody who did that i had like so little respect for like the lele ponds and these people that were like 
just using Vine as, like, a distribution model instead of, like, a tool. Like, the best thing about Vine is that your creativity is born out of, like, the constraint of those six seconds, not, like... You edit it on Final Cut Pro. I was like, you're you're trash. Yeah. Like, go to YouTube where you belong, you garbage monsters. Also, Vine, <sighs> like, all the... Like, King Batch is really, like... It's funny that he's, like, the most famous, and like, out of Vine. And, like, God bless. Because, like, like the like black kids were the ones who, like, ran Vine. Like, they were the ones who were, like, creating, like, <clears throat> the lingo and, like, all the best memes, like, all the best videos. Like, all the white kids on Vine were, like, for the most part really really lame the famous ones at least they all feel like musical theater kids but that's all but then it's like all the people who aren't popular create the stuff that everyone who is popular uses right that's steel of course the ground yeah that's how it always works that's how it always works for everything it's true i mean just the word fleek came from a vine like that was like a word for like the whole year (laughs) you know yeah, there's so many. There's so many. Not just Flea. There was like, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to get into And so many rap songs oh, also, got big off Vine. Right. Right. Like Whip Nene, probably. Whip, yes. Whip Nene. Um, even this, like, um, what is this, like, uh, uh, or what was the other one? Um, I mean, yeah, Panda. Panda, I, like, first heard on, um, on Vine. Like, Trap Queen last year, I remember seeing mostly on Vines. And, like, this, I mean, this wasn't really Vine, but, like, um, Black Beatles, like the Ray Schremmerd song that everyone uses for the Mannequin Challenge. Yeah, like, fucking, uh, what, what, what's, what's that called? The, Black, the, the Mannequin Black Challenge? Yeah. That song would be, like, that was a cool Vine song f- now. I feel like if it was... Well, no, one. now that's the that's the Mannequin Challenge song. Have you not seen Mannequin Challenge? No, I have. Right, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like yeah. that is... that The Mannequin Challenge has, like, aided that song's, like, growth. And oh, I feel totally. like this time last year, that would have been, like, a Vine production. And now it's, like, you know, on YouTube or wherever you're seeing these videos, like, on yeah. Facebook. But, like, that connection between those things just feels very, like, Vine-like to me. Uh, and I miss also, Vine. Also, Mannequin Challenge was... Mannequin Challenge was cool exactly one time, and that was the first time anyone did one. You know what? I kind of agree with that, but I have to say, whenever I see a good Mannequin Challenge, I'm always, like, I'm very impressed. Like, I am, I'm always surprised that people can stay so still. <laughs> I think it just seems... Ugh, it just that's seems, the whole crux of the whole thing. Just staying seems, still? Are you kidding me? It seems so hard. Like, the camera gets so close to them, and I keep waiting for them to, like, blink or breathe. I'm like, how are you Ugh. doing this? Like, I can't do the Mannequin Challenge. I'm really bad at, like... Like Good. keeping like like not blinking like I blink a lot. <laughs> it's Good. so hard. Don't do the mannequin challenge. That's a sign from God. Should I do it alone? Okay, next category. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Next category is worst cultural event. Um, we have set the election does not count um, at all because my God, it's the easiest go to, and obviously who would not choose that? Well, people who voted, I guess. But my worst cultural event is sort of like a is an element of that. It's like a proxy of that, which was the Obama Trump meeting, like a couple of days after the election, which like made me want to throw myself out a window and made me so upset. Like just the pictures of yeah. the staff like waiting for him to like get there and then like seeing them have to like talk and shake hands and it just made me, and it was, and it was so, it was like right after the election. It was like a couple days after when it was just at its most raw. It felt really, it really, it broke my heart. It really broke my heart. It was like hard pictures to like look at. That was like one of that the worst. That was a tough one to see. That was a tough one to see. It was literally like, yeah. I don't even know. It was like having your mom have to like meet your like evil stepmom and like treat her with respect or something. It was just like, oh, it was so bad. Right. Well, my worst cultural event was the uh, 
the the summer of uh, the summer after the Warriors uh, blew that ridiculous lead in the NBA Finals. Oh, uh, the deflation! If you, the sport, if you were in the sports, if you were in the sports Twitter universe, you couldn't fucking do anything or go anywhere without seeing a three-one. The Warriors blew a three-one lead joke. Uh, I don't know if anyone who listens to this podcast are aware of those, but yeah, they were all over the place. That Even I'm aware of those because it was so baffling. Yeah. <laughs> Even I, who know nothing, yeah. was like, "Yikes!" So, oh. And now, now, like three one is just like a thing that people say to to Warriors fans on the internet. So, oh my god, now it's like the go to cheer to like destabilize right. them. Oh yeah. So I guess like on a, on a bigger scale, you might say trolling is a is, is one of the worst. Uh, oh my god, that is so yeah. real. Worst cultural event of the year. Trolling been a for, thing for sure. Forever, but it, yeah, it feels like they trolls have really kind of stepped up their influence game yes definitely i actually think that that is like really real like worse like worst cultural event is just like the act of trolling becoming like so mainstream just like on every level like you politics like media like all of it all of it yeah the worst hey uh okay well now just to you know hey Fucking dog, stop. My fucking stupid-ass little dog is barking. My dog's three pounds, and she thinks she can fucking bark at people. Mm, it's almost as if every dog sucks. Continue. Yeah. Hey, stop barking. I hate dogs. <sighs> How about shittiest thing of the year, dogs? Yeah. My dog's pretty shitty. I hate, I hate your dog. I hate everyone's dog. I hope everyone who has a dog is listening. I hate your dog. Yeah. I really hate my dog. No, I love my dog. Uh, but moving on, we gotta start. We gotta start to wrap this up. Uh, this shitty, the shitty year is coming to an end. Do you realize that it next is. year's our high school reunion? Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> it's my job <laughs> to plan it, and I promise nothing. Good luck. Good luck. That's just I don't know. That kind of just puts into perspective. Fuck how old we are. But anyway, so it's time for our good, good uh, friend of the year and devil tongue of the year. So, uh, Rod, good... do you want to start us off for Devil Tongue? So, uh, yeah, I do. Okay, so our our Devil Tongue of the Year goes to, yikes. I mean, really, it's this week, but, like, it this Kanye West moment, this Kanye West-Donald Trump meeting really threw me for a loop, buddy. <laughs> really broke me okay. down. Um, and that, he he definitely gets a Devil Tongue for that, but, like, what do we do about this? What do I do? Um, remember when Kanye was the one who, like, in, with Mike Myers, said George Bush doesn't care about black people? Yes, vividly. <laughs> that was tight. Has that Kanye, is that Kanye dead? I don't know if he's dead. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I mean, how long ago was that? That was, it was right after Katrina, right? So, like, 12 years. 12 years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it was, like, 2004. I mean, that Kanye was just as inarticulate as this Kanye is, for starters. I think, like, the if you watch that clip, like, the whole thing of Kanye sort of speaking truth in terms of, like, a seed, but then, like, not knowing what to do with, like, the sentence itself, which is, like, a plant. Like, he just, like, can't really, like, say what he's thinking. But, like, that was still at its core. Like, he was able to, like, express, like, the emotion of the thought. Now I just am, like, constantly searching for, like, what he wants when he does things or says things. And I don't know if he's dead, but I'm just kind of, like... 
like brother like what's going on i mean i do think that there is an undeniable the undeniable fact is that like kanye's like relationship to like race is really it's really like class contingent like i feel like the richer he's gotten like the weirder his sort of like take on racial politics has become or the more sort of like distant he's become and how he's engaged with that stuff i don't know he just seems so so obsessed with like making beautiful things like he's always just talking about like i just want to make beautiful things and it's like i don't know i i love that about him and i respect that about him but this trump meeting i mean what was your reaction i thought it was a a fucking meeting of uh debtors unanimous or debtors anonymous or whatever yikes burn i mean i also i also think part of it is like maybe trump trying to get him to play the inauguration and i i pray that he does not i pray that he does not i don't know what i will do if he plays was like yeah i heard they were like having a really hard time getting a-list people of course because a-list you have to you're a liberal like there's just no there isn't right-wing a-list really not really you know what i mean like that's sort of what makes the Trump machine, like, so baffling because he sort of is, like, taking this really... I don't know. I mean, like, I was so... I mean, first of all, we have to also say, like, how sad is it that, like, for like, it is now, like, a line in the sand to meet with our president. Like, to, like, be in a room with our president is, like, is, like, a disgusting act. Like, oh, my God. Like, not even during, like, the Bush era was it like that. Do you know what I mean? Where, like somebody meeting with president bush was like an act of violence you know what i mean like it wasn't really it's just crazy that like this is what it feels like and it is what it feels like it really feels like you're watching someone like step into like like a dictator's den or something but i just have a feeling that like i don't know so i was like talking with friends like is this a publicity stunt like is it not and like i don't think it is i have a lot of friends who think it is but i don't really know what that means like a publicity stunt i don't really get what the what that sentence means in this in this case um i'm sure that kanye was the one who who prompted this meeting i don't think it was trump for starters you think it was trump who started it no no but no i was just finishing your sentence yeah i don't think it was trump i don't think i think it was definitely kanye and i think that like that i i think that kanye really likes him in some like weird way and i don't think it's political i just think he likes but, him I think it's kind of like an outsider's thing. Kanye maybe sees him as like an outsider, just like Kanye sees himself as an outsider. I think so. Yeah, and I th- definitely no. I think that that is part of it. And I think that he is. I think he's like envious, or not even envious, but respects Trump's ability to get where he is as someone who says what he thinks, even though what he thinks is awful. Like I think, like we know that Kanye is an egotist. So like everything that he does and thinks has to reflect back on him. You know what I mean? We know that that is, like, true. So if he's meeting with Donald Trump and it's supposed to be, like, a sign that he approves of Donald Trump, it's like, okay, well, what does Donald Trump tell Kanye about Kanye? Because clearly there's... It's not like he... I don't think that Kanye believe or supports anything politically that he stands for. I think he's meeting him on the level of, like, a celebrity. But I just think that that's gross. Like, he's not a celebrity. This is not... Yeah, like, why do it not? Like, this is not just a famous person. This is, like, you know, this is a... This is a president. He's, like, an awful... He's, like, an awful person. Like, he's, like, a bad person. Like, a bad man. And I don't know. But I do think that he likes... He sort of 
respects his strategy in some weird way, but it doesn't feel evil to me. I'm not trying to make excuses for Kanye. I'm just trying to, like, translate what I'm seeing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, yes, I'm sure Kanye doesn't give two fucks about any kind of, like, political stance that Trump has. Right, which is its own problem. That is its own problem. Exactly, precisely. And and somebody who, like, represents a lot of, like, the values that he believes in just in terms of, like, political correctness, freedom of speech, the ability to, like, claim space. I mean, like, a Kanye rant and a Trump rally have similarities. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, they just do. Like, he's on a platform, he's talking to people who are obsessed with him, wearing his gear. Like, there is this sort of, like, you know, general patent, like, kind of vibe to both of their claiming of space. So I think that Kanye is like, oh, yeah, of course. But it's just like, Kanye, like, you... Can't, like, why have you abandoned politics entirely? I just want to understand, like, you, you're you not obligated to be a political rapper. I mean, I think in this climate, if you're going to be, like, a celebrity of any kind, let alone a black celebrity, it really is baffling if you choose not to engage in politics. But, like, God bless. But, like, he was political. That's the thing that dri- that drives me crazy. Like, yeah. he's it's not that he never was and now I want him to be. It's that he was and now he's chosen to not be. And it's just so confusing to me. It's so confusing. I don't get well, it. It's confusing to me, too, and for that, Kanye West, you get Devil Tongue of the Year. Of the Year! Uh, Ugh, I can't believe he got that title after all my year defending him. (laughs) I'm so upset. I'm so upset. We have two different good friends of the year, right? We do, so you go... You go first. (laughs) Or I think... I thought we had the same one, but yeah, you go first. Guess what? Good friend of the year goes to our listeners. Ooh. That's so nice. Wait. I just got emotional. Um, I literally love that. Really? I love that. Our good friend of the year definitely is our listeners. Like, we love you guys so much. Like, I literally want to cry when I think of it. Um, It makes me emotional anytime anyone tells me that they listen to our podcast. It makes me emotional too. It's like it's you would you would almost think they called us both lobsters. <laughs> like we both want to get we, we start crying. I mean, it is. It's so I didn't nice. Cry, so that's not what happened at that incident. I didn't cry. Mm, I've cry. been hearing different reports, so I'm just gonna sidestep that. But um, anytime someone says they listen to our podcast, anytime someone reaches out, and people do reach out very often. Like after our episode about anxiety, like I got so much feedback from people who were really excited about the topic or had thoughts on the topic or just who like were, were taking the time to respond and just tell me that they listen. I was I was so touched by that. I really I really 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 love our listeners. I can't believe that we're like sixty eight episodes into this thing that we like started in. In under my little loft bed, like what a miracle! What a sweet little miracle! What a miracle! What a miracle! What a miracle! So we love you. We love you guys. We love you guys. Rogers, you have another good good friend. Yeah, yeah. My good friend is the devil himself, who really turned up this year. Um, Lucifer, if you're listening, which frankly you might be, um, like good work. This was really quite a year for you really um i'd say that the two people who really had a year um are margot roby and um lucifer himself like those are the two big moments of 2016 um so to margot roby and the prince of darkness um we salute you 2016 would not have been the same without you and god bless i couldn't i couldn't think of a better good friend besides our listeners besides our listeners than the devil (laughs) 
other than Beelzebub. I couldn't think of a better person. Completely agree. Oh, my God. Wow. Seppo, who is listening, is going to be cackling because she always would be screaming Beelzebub. And I was like, I don't know what that is until she, like, gave me a historical schooling. So the fact that we're closing this episode out on his name, God bless. So Beelzebub and Margot Robbie and our listeners, thank you. <laughs> Should we start Thanks, thanking guys. Margot Robbie at the end of every episode? <laughs> We want to thank Margot Robbie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, everyone. If we can, honestly, if we could get like a little cultural bump from mentioning her name, it could, could do wonders for our viewership. Yeah, I agree. We should start tagging Margot Robbie in every episode, so we have to mention her so that hopefully her people hear. I would love to interview Margot, Ro- Margot Robbie. She's the only person I want to interview on this podcast. Cool. Should we, should we finesse? Let's do it. How funny would it be if randomly episode, like, 84 featured an interview with Margot Robbie? <laughs> I just want our interview with Margot Robbie to be you in a blonde wig and an Australian accent. And yeah, like, hello, we! Everyone's like, that is not Margot Robbie. Hello. Right. <laughs> Everyone's like, that's English, and also, like, I can hear his beard from here. Like, we, me, right. I'm Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we will speak to Margot Robbie. I promise that. Our listeners deserve it. I, I promise it, too. I think that's something that we could totally uh, set up. Hell yeah. To do. Okay. We love you guys so much. Um, we will have an episode next week for Christmas, but this was sort of our wrap-up. Um, episode 69 next week. And... Oh my God. Uh, 69 Christmas. 69 Christmas. Heard that before. Um, Jack, love you a lot. You're my good friend. You're my good friend, too. Oh, emotional. Um, and we will talk to you guys later. Talk to you later, and as always, a bee movie. A bee movie to you. <laughs> for the child within you, don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. La, 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 la.